Hello everyone, welcome to Disruption Works Chit Chat, talking about chatbots, voice development, and how technology can help overcome challenges and be deployed in your organization. Hello everyone, and welcome to another exciting edition of Disruption Works Chit Chat with Sean and Steve. Steve, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm all right, actually. Thank you very much for asking. <laughs> <laughs> no props. Well, let's just jump right into it. Today we're talking about robotic process automation and where to start. Robotic process automation, Steve, sounds like a load of fancy words. Can you just give us in layman's terms, layman's terms, Steve, what is it? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. What is it? To the untrained eye, what is what is robotic process automation? Uh, well, all businesses have processes. And um, uh, a lot, uh, most most processes now are digital anyway. Uh, so you'll have a CRM, you'll have Excel spreadsheets, you'll have all sorts of different things. And the process to to get one task done from from A to B, so get data out of an Excel spreadsheet into a financial system or into a, a CRM or something like that, or update a CRM with data that's coming in. That that's a process. And that digital process on the whole uh, can be automated. So a robotic process automation means you get a robot to process that administrative task. Uh, so rather than, um, and in a lot of cases, it's a human doing it, uh, then you would have a, uh, you'd have a robot doing it instead. Um, because if you've got something that's a, a very logical process, uh, it has, um, you know, a fixed set of uh, rules on what you do when you do this, then that can be then automated. So then you look at an, um, a robot to, to do that task. OK, so basically what we're saying is there are administrative robots yeah. that are doing repetitive and mundane tasks. Yeah, so if it's someone's just typing something into a machine or copying and pasting, yeah. then essentially they're just pressing keys. Yeah. So we would get a robot to do that task in place of a human. Yeah, very much so. Got you. Okay, so you mentioned that lots, well, all businesses have processes within yeah. within them. So how do I go about identifying one of these candidates for automation? Uh, well, uh, you start off with a kind of a business analyst process anyway. Uh, so uh, when you're you're looking at your processes in a business, most businesses will have an idea of where their pinch points are, um, and and they'll they will want to investigate those as the candidates. So the first point is you ask your people, you know, what are you doing that's repetitive? Uh, your your matter experts, the people at the the sharp end who are doing this uh, job. Uh, they need to be part of this loop and you need to start talking to those people uh, and saying, right, what do you do that's pretty repetitive? And then each process is written down or it's um, discussed so that you kind of understand what the nuances on of each process first uh, and then how many times it's done, how many people are doing it, um, how long it takes them. And then we start doing an analysis on our side of uh, the feasibility then for automation in its own right. Uh, but it starts with talking to you people. 
you know that's that's where you start trying to pull out where are these pinch points can we automate these things is there too much intuitive um conversations to be had here or can it is it just repetitive and okay so let's say that we're doing that and what and what really are we trying to identify are we just looking at something go all right well sally spends half the day just copying and pasting data we're we looking for things that are low-hanging fruit that are easy to automate or we're we looking for those things that are going to have a massive impact on the business in terms of uh the bottom line uh well it doesn't matter uh because there's a if you like there's a matrix between those so low-hanging fruits are easy and good to, to pick up but still a cost attached to automating those as well um but if you've got a very big impactful process then that one uh, can actually be a, a bigger saving in the end it just might not be the first one that you do uh, so what you start mapping out then is uh, you know the priorities between them and usually you're talking about the complexity of the automation then and starting to pick out uh, how many systems are involved so if Julie is um, entering stuff into a, um, a CRM then she's copying and making another file over here then she's emailing that file over to a third party and then she's confirming that it's done in a different system then that's that can be quite a complex process might not be that hard to automate but it's um the complexities have to be put into the you know how expensive is that going to be to to uh, automate and what's then the benefit but that sounds like a very painful job that Julie's doing. So it might be that it takes her 15 minutes to do one, uh, whereas the bot might be able to just rattle those off and spend the rest of the day doing it and do it 24-7. So, you know, it doesn't then matter. You've just got to be kicked off or it might just be triggered. And what, do, what do businesses typically do, sorry, Steve? Do they, do they get something that's low-hanging fruit that, that can prove the service or do they just go for what's going to make the biggest impact on the business? Well, you do actually do some uh, uh, kind of proof of concept process if you want to. And, you know, we've been doing that with some uh, clients uh, who are unsure about whether this is a good route for them. Um, and then uh, we can prove it on a simpler process so they can understand how that might be used, how that integrates in with their business at the moment. And that's not a bad starting point. So it's a good point is that a low hanging fruit could be a good uh, entry points into this um, but we plan that out so that they've got a choice of you know maybe t 10 different processes that they're looking at in their business and then they can choose which one they want to go first based on either impact or whether they just want to try something first they, you know they want to try that process and they may want to do something simpler as the first one you know uh, it, it depends you know, it depends on the business process and and we're talking about people dipping their toe in the wall, but something you said there was that the bot would do, you know, Julie's job in a couple of minutes or half an hour, but then go off and do something else. We're, you're talking about this like it's an employee in the business. How's that? How does that actually look in reality? Yeah, well, it, again, what we're doing is we're teaching that uh, that bot to do a specific task, so it can do more than one task. You know, so if you have several processes that need to be automated providing that bot is um, not necessarily doing something concurrently with another process then you know it'll just move on to the next task or it'll be triggered to do such a thing um, 
most of the RPA software out there is dependent on, um, you know, the capacity of the bot itself. And then you just add more bots on, to be honest. Um, but obviously there's a cost attached to licensing and things like that. Um, but if you are just literally running a, a process that takes the bot maybe an hour to do, where it would have taken duly half a day, um, then you can then give that bot another thing to do after it's finished for an hour, you know, and you just keep them, keep it going, keep it running. So it can take on, you know, Julie, Jeff, Bob and Joe's uh, mundane tasks and do that during the day where they would have normally been doing that stuff. Okay, so we talk about all sort of fancy language, RPA and all this other stuff, but actually I think the easiest way to to think about this is, like you say, it's an employee in the business who you've got 24-7 and you might just give them a job that takes half a day. Yeah. You give them another job that takes another half a day and that's quite an easy way to to understand that then, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And uh, it's how you should kind of think about it because most of the processes we automate are across different um, uh, systems. Uh, they do different shaped tasks. Uh, they're, they're not something that you can necessarily uh, deal with within a, within a system itself. A lot of automation happens within current CRMs and things like that. So there's a lot that's already done in a business. You know, if you actually stepped back and thought about it, there's still a lot of automation that already happens that's kind of under the surface. But what we tend to be picking up is the stuff that is uh, on top, that's the legacy, that it isn't fully integrated. We're trying to get something that's coming in from an outside source and then getting it into the, the system. You know, so we've got stuff like job cards coming in and things like that. So a job card has to be entered in. Well, why are we entering it in? You know, it should, you know, we shouldn't be having to update five different systems because it's been it's coming from the outside so we try if we can to look at digitizing even the front end so it's digital when it's first created so the creation of that is digital as well so it's thinking about the whole thing this is usually a catalyst to go how are we doing this why are we doing it like this do we need to do it like this you know and there's a lot of those conversations that tend to come out with having this um maybe a proof of concept like you said earlier or yeah. um uh, you know, just just trying to find out where do we start because we know we're wasting time and we don't need to do it like this. You know, uh, usually people understand that, you know, they want to get on top of it. And actually, it's, it can be very low cost entry point to getting things sorted out. You know, uh, it's certainly cheaper than people for the fact that people, you know, these are precious, precious team members. You know, they shouldn't be doing robotic stuff. You know, and um, we've um, we've seen actually. So one of the big scares in RPA is that the is the fact that they think that people are going to worry about this bot, or uh, this new employee that you describe it taking over their job. It's just not the case. The the people in the business are absolutely hating what they do in the repetitive stuff and they're so glad it's done you know that's across the board with all the clients that we've been doing rpa with they're all going thank god i haven't got to do that anymore you know because i was it was driving me insane having to do that 
get this and update this, press that button there and do this and then tell these people about this. All it, you know, that automation, they, they've always got more work than they should have anyway. So it means that they can do a better job of the, the work that needs needs a human, you know. Yeah. Really is. That is the case. It's just how it works. Get the robots to do the robotic stuff, I guess. Yeah. And then you redeploy your humans in a more meaningful way where actually you can improve your customer service because you've got more hands on deck to deal with that. Yeah, it's something that, you know, you're never going to get an automation to do. You know, automations will only do certain things, you know, because that's that's the nature of the beast. You know, the, the, you're, you're going to need to be... Um, sensible about uh, how much that automation will do but it, has, it will pay for itself very very quickly okay so this is a killer question then Stephen. i guess this summarizes everything we've mentioned so far but i'm a business owner where do i start what's the process end to end from me thinking we need to be working smarter and more efficiently to yeah. get an, uh, a robotic employee or robotic workforce in place Start talking to your people early doors, get them engaged. So they are the people that are doing these repetitive jobs. Go, right, okay, how long are you spending on that? What is the process? Then you speak to somebody like ourselves and say, right, we've we already started speaking to our team and we're looking at X amount of processes that we think are repetitive. Can you have a look at them? And then we come in and do the analysis on them and get the detail out of the the, the, the team members it means they're very engaged then and the, you know and they will encourage the process rather than it being something that uh, seems to be a barrier but it's starting to talk to your team start doing that and pick the phone up to us and just say you know where can I start I've, I know we've got this stuff and we just speak to your team and it's, it's that it's that simple really um, um, and that I guess helps obviously build a business case set an ROI yeah all that type of stuff is part of our process so what we do is we then work out you know how much has been spent on this process at the moment in time and effort and um you know and how much it would cost to then get it done you know license and all that type of stuff you know and it it, they're usually very compelling figures you know it's very very rare that anybody goes uh right well that doesn't make sense you know (laughs) because people they're expensive assets to your business and um, and they should be used wisely, you know, not doing really mundane stuff. That's totally pointless. So then I say to you, right, Steve, I've got leads coming in on a PDF and I've got a team of people that copy and paste that data into CRM all day. Yeah. Can you prove to me that they're going to that this is going to be right? What then, what happens from there? Yeah, well, we'll do a proof of concept if you want that proof. And we can do a proof of concept and do some and, and do the automation that you want. You know, it will be something that will prove the case. It won't be as polished as the final production version, uh, but it will be the first stage to go. There you go. You can see it running. You can see it entering in. There's your test case. And then from there on in, we go, right, OK, what does a production model look like? And it might be there's exceptions. The PDF was corrupted and stuff like that. You know, we deal with that process as we go. Yeah, so okay, so you run a proof of concept. I see that and go, okay, I can see that that's taking that data, and we get 5% of them that get kicked out as a something yeah. a human does need to actually look at. But actually, if I'm happy with that, then I can just press the green button and you make a 
production version as in i.e this, this is something that just goes live yeah yeah that's right um because there's little exception rules and things like that we do so you know that a production version is slightly different. It's licensed as well, so you know if we're using a particular software, so we tend to use UiPath um, with a lot of our clients. So you know those are licensed attached to that stuff as well. And then I guess from there the relationship is established, and I can just chuck more things to say. Right, I need I need Clive, our robot, to do this now, and you'll either look at that and go, Yeah, Clive's got capacity to do that, or we're going to bring in Bobby the bot. That always happens, you know. So we always get that. Because, uh, you know, I remember having a conversation with one of the directors, the ops director of, the, of one of our clients who go, I've had every single department in my office today because they've seen this working and they are going, when do I get it? You know, because that's it's so compelling. You know, you just see it going and go, that is great. When can we get it? You know, and that's great. And for us as a business, obviously, it's fantastic. You know, but you as a business, you just go, okay, well, like now we're starting to open up the opportunity of what we do and how we get the most out of this technology, you know, and and the license and uh, the overhead and stuff like that. Good stuff. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks for your time today, Steve. Hopefully, everyone found that insightful, and uh, we look forward to catching up with everyone next time. Thanks very much. Okay, so thanks everyone for joining us on the Disruption Works podcast. If you'd like to find any of the previous episodes or series, then just search Disruption Works Chit Chat on your favourite podcast platform. Next week, we'll be talking about chatbots, voice development and everything in between. So I hope you can join us then.